Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Powers, and I want to thank you for joining me on the Fort Podcast today. This show is an open-ended discussion and journey covering real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and investing. I would love to hear from you by tweeting me at Fort Worth Chris on Twitter. Hey guys, it's Chris. Thank you so much for joining me on the fort this morning. Today, we're going to talk about something that I've spoken about before, but it's on the topic of aggregating assets to create more value. So essentially buying kind of smaller assets with the idea of creating a larger portfolio that could be marketed, recapped, or sold at more of an institutional level. So you know, we didn't uh, invent this, but for our journey, we really kind of stumbled into this. And what we were doing originally, we were buying industrial buildings, but with the way we were thinking about it at the time was, hey, let's just keep buying deals. And, you know, we underwrote every deal as if it was its own deal and its own merits. And that's still what we do today. But what we what we found was there was this whole other world that when we aggregated enough, there was a huge exit. And we also talked about this in the land assemblage episode. It's kind of the exact same concept, but you know, if you buy just one single family lot, that's really all you can do with it is a single family home. Maybe you can get a little more density. But in the case of our land assemblage episode, when you can assemble 35 lots and create nine or 10 acres of land, there's a whole nother world of possibilities. And in that case, we sold to a very large institutional developer, but we had to aggregate a lot of small things to have one large offering for an institutional group. Same thing back now into industrial, buying smaller assets and being able to lump them in as a portfolio and either sell or recap at an institutional level. And so first off, the aggregation of the assets probably need to be a similar asset type and in a similar uh, market. The market can be uh, as large or as small as you want that to be. So it could be as small as a city. Uh, it could be as large as a country. What I typically have found when these kind of portfolios come to market is it's usually a similar asset type, in our case, Class B industrial, and it's usually in a similar market. So the buyer is looking for exposure into a certain asset type and a certain market. But again, that market could be as large as maybe the United States if some you know foreign institution was looking to buy industrial all over the country. In our case, uh, the buyers that buy from us or the folks that we recap with are looking for Texas exposure in this niche of industrial. So um, when you're aggregating smaller assets, think about the asset type and the location. But maybe before all that is what does a smaller asset really mean from my perspective, especially as it relates to industrial? And the reason we like to play in this area is it's typically on a one-off basis buying one of these industrial properties. It's too small for an institution to buy but it's often a little bit too large for kind of a mom and pop investor to buy. So it's in that really lower middle market, I'd call it five to $35 million total asset purchase. And it's too small for the, um, the institutions because really you got to think these institutions have you know hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars raised that they have to deploy uh, on a consistent basis. And so if you think of a $10 million asset 
with moderate leverage, we'll call it 65% leverage, you, you might be raising three and a half or four million dollars. The big boys just really cannot be focusing times deploying three and a half to four million dollars at a time. And what we've learned over time, and we won't go into it on this episode, but it takes roughly the same amount of time to deploy a $50 million check as it does to deploy a three and a half to $4 million check. So the large institutions, although they would love to own that asset, they can't do it on a one-off basis. Maybe there's an outlier where they'll do it, but, but generally speaking, they need to be deploying kind of 20 to $25 million check sizes at minimum to pique their interest. It's a, is the juice worth the squeeze type of question? So we've kind of defined what a smaller asset is, but again, these assets, when put together, are very attractive to an institution. We'll talk about that in a little bit. If you think about, let's just take that $10 million asset and just say, okay, well, institutions aren't going to compete with us or the large funds or the large private equity. I'm just kind of wrapping that into the word institution, but there, there could be multiple different types. But they're not going to compete with us when we're buying these on a one-off, but would they buy these together? And so let's just say you went and bought six of these $10 million deals. And so your book value, your all-in basis is $60 million, but you've created some value. So maybe it's worth $75 or $80 million. And now when you when you put all that together, whether you're looking to refinance, whether you're looking to recap with a new partner, or whether you're looking to sell to a, a buyer at, call it 80 million bucks at 30%, 40% money down, you're looking at a check that's 24 to 32 million. Okay, now we're right in the sweet spot. And so what you've done is you've taken what wasn't value to institutions to buy on a one-off basis, and you've put it all together and you've made something attractive for them. And why have you made it attractive for those potential buyers or recap partners? Because they can write one check. They're probably going to spend the same amount of time to buy all of those buildings together as they would have just buying one of those buildings. And so the juice is really worth the squeeze to them. Now, there's additional margin also to be made for the owner, whether, again, it's a recap scenario or a sales scenario, because as the asset sizes get larger, as the portfolio sizes get larger, the cost of capital tends to go down. So debt terms are often better. So when you're going to refinance, there, there's better offerings for debt. But again, when you're selling to an institution, I think one of the biggest realizations I had as I was growing up in my career is their cost of capital is just totally different. So even if Fort Capital was going to buy an $80 million deal tomorrow and Blackstone or, or uh, you know Lightstone or KKR, or, I mean, name them, the big boys were going to buy that same $80 million portfolio their cost of capital is just going to be less than ours. They are much larger. They have bigger balance sheets. They have better relationships. They have bigger track records. And even 50 or 100 basis points is a radically different uh, financial situation than, than most. And so not only are you giving them something where the juice is worth the squeeze, but when they're underwriting the deal, they're underwriting at a totally different cost of capital than what the buyer would be underwriting if you were to sell each of those assets individually. So rather than lumping those six assets that I talked about together and selling them as one, if you were to sell each of those, you know, bought it for 10, created some value, maybe you're selling it for 13 or 14 million bucks, 
you're you're selling to kind of the same type of group that was buying it. Their cost of capital is going to be different. Uh, they're going to need different return thresholds. And so you're just not going to get as much for it selling it on a one-off basis than you would kind of lumping it all together. And so when you're able to take assets that big institutions would love to own, when you're able to give them something where the juice is worth the squeeze, not only will there be a lot of buyers that arrive at the table, but the price and there's additional margin that you're going to get because you're selling to someone that has often different return metrics. They have different costs of capital. And for some of these institutions, they raise money from nonprofits and nonprofits don't pay taxes. So there's a whole different way they think about their LP base than your typical kind of lower middle market investor. When they're buying assets and they're not having to underwrite some type of um, tax hit, whether they're selling or whether that's on rent income coming in, they can underwrite the deal totally different. Let's take a quick break to highlight this episode's sponsor, Juniper Square. If you aren't familiar with Juniper Square, it's an easy to use all-in-one investment management software designed specifically for real estate owners. We have been using it at Fort Capital for several years now, and it has completely revamped the experience we're able to provide our investors through reporting, management, and efficiency. Here's a bit more on how Fort Capital utilizes the platform. You know, your, your, your tenants are your customers, but your real customers are your investors. And the real estate business, the lifeblood is the ability to have capital. It's an expensive game and being able to treat them, um, you know, like royalty. And when you have a lack of resources or you're smaller, it's very tough to be able to report in a way that, again, those high net worth individuals are expect are used to seeing. And so for years, we had either tried building stuff from scratch. It never worked. We would try hiring these companies that, that wanted to charge us a quarter million dollars a year for investor reporting, and it just never worked. And when we found Juniper, um, it aligned with our mission to provide our investors not only great returns, but a great experience in achieving those returns, which goes back to transparency, communication, their ability to know where their money is. You can check out episode 37 to listen to my full conversation with Brandon or visit cjunipersquare.com for more information. That's S-E-E junipersquare.com. And now back to the show. And so there's just all these advantages to selling to the big boys and being able to, you know, aggregate these smaller assets to, to offer that to them just creates tremendous value. So the last part on that, the juice worth the squeeze conversation also is, you know, they need operational efficiencies. These are often big teams. They're obvious. They're sometimes not local to the market that they're buying in. And so if a group from New York is going to buy something in Dallas or DFW, they just want to have enough scale to maybe be able to afford a full-time person in this market to work on it, or to be able to afford a full-time person in New York to, to work on this portfolio. So the three things that they're really looking for is, does it have operational efficiency? Does their cost of capital give them some advantage? Is the juice worth the squeeze? And if all those things kind of fit, there, there's often great opportunities to exit. And I keep talking about exiting, but you can also go to these partners and recap with them. And just for anybody wondering what a recap is, a recap is when you say, you know, hey, 
We're going to create a new value. You're going to come into our existing partnership, buy out our existing partners at this new value. And we kind of Fort Capital as the sponsor are going to continue on in this next partnership with this new partner at a new basis. So it doesn't have to be a sale. It can also be a recap. Alternatively, the third, again, is we could maybe just go refinance with our existing partners. And when, again, you're able to create a larger portfolio, you're able to create more income, there's often better uh, debt terms the larger you get than the smaller you get. And that's just kind of how it is. So today's episode was pretty short, but it's on a topic that has been very lucrative for four capital. It's been very lucrative for a lot of people, uh, not just in real estate. This happens in all different types of industries. You see it in oil and gas. You see it in private equity, uh, where you hear about these roll-up strategies. Often, the more assets you can aggregate that are valuable to larger buyers, the better type of outcome you can have when you exit. And so at Four Capital, it's become front and center. We're always thinking about the aggregation of assets. When we're underwriting, we're asking, you know, how does this other asset that we're buying fit into the stuff we already own? Um, when we're looking at new submarkets, can we aggregate enough to have something of value? Because whether we sell, recap, or refinance, it really doesn't matter. We want to be adding accretive value for every asset that we're buying. And that's how we think about things now. And so as the world kind of transitions and we have these low uh, low interest rates and people are starving for yield and the, the really big uh, real estate assets that are already multi-hundred million dollar assets are being gobbled up, there is going to be capital looking for these portfolios. They're going to be looking for yield in places that they haven't been traditionally finding it. And we found that to be true in Class B Industrial. So I um, hope today's episode was valuable. Aggregating assets, aggregating smaller assets to be able to create something more valuable as it gets larger has been something uh, that that's really worked well for us, something we focus on. And hopefully it's something that if it's in your world, we'll be able to provide value to you as well. So thank you so much for continuing to join me on this journey and have a great rest of your week. Hey everyone, it's Chris here again. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating or write a quick review. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Chris Powers is the founder and CEO of Fort Capital LP. All opinions from Chris and guests of the Fort Podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Fort Capital LP. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for real estate or investment decisions. The Fort with Chris Powers is produced by Straight Up Podcasts.